to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gibbs Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, sometimes, we used to do this more often, back in the day, yeah. I feel like. Uh, on a Sunday is my good friend, Michele Bear. Michele, what's up? I'm still I'm still mad at Alex for the <laughs> Nene thing and for the um, what's it called champagne thing where he oh. made me like not protect him just for him to pick him. It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're going to have a fight one day hey. online. Uh, Alex, uh, one Alex did a great job hosting yeah. last week. I he was awesome. I really enjoyed uh, listening. I was on vacation with my family. Uh, we were at the beach for a week, and it was just nice to, you know, set everything down. I feel like it's it's good to get perspective and to just set everything down just for a little bit. You come back rejuvenated, maybe you get some new ideas. Uh, so that was great. So huge thanks to, to you, Michele, for filling in on two days, and to Alex for hosting last week, and then the Frypod guys with a just a hilarious hilarious podcast that dropped yeah, on that I think it dropped Friday morning but the they did it live on Thursday night so yeah I joy. listened on Saturday it was just blast and again Alex did most of the work um he was awesome yeah um last week so yeah it was great it was yeah, really I'll forgive him just because of that yeah it was very fun um any thoughts on the t- on the teams um, I think that Jay and Tation made um made the better team. I mean, first of all, they don't have champagne, so <laughs> that's that's great. I don't think that they picked Nene, so that's that's a plus as well. Uh, no, it's a modern team uh, with shooting uh, without Tim Hardaway Jr. So it uh, it's um, without Tim Hardaway Jr. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh no, I think that they have the better team. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, I thought they did a good job too. I felt I felt like they got cornered, therefore like their middle round picks because they were picking guys that didn't shoot. But they started with guys that could shoot. I don't know. It was yeah, fun. Yeah. Listen, you should go listen to it. Go watch it. We're actually going to execute basically that same exercise on Slam and Jam in the next couple weeks, and I'm going to get beat writers to do the protections for their teams. Uh, that's nice. And so we're gonna compile it and then kind of do the I'm, same exercise i'm sure that john krasinski will never ever i'm protecting nene but uh Nas reed you keep saying nene why i'm saying nene and you didn't correct me in the first well, place i got confu- i got confused a little bit about when you're saying nene at first what? and i'm just okay. like trying to get through the intro part and i heard you say nene i was like i don't know why he's saying nene i thought maybe it was a it's joke Nas i thought maybe it was a joke that i missed no from the pod no it's just me having <laughs> Nas Reed, who is playing with the USA Select team and yeah. is sharing the court with Chet in some of these scrimmages, which I think is just a just abs- abject disaster. It's just not good. 
It's just yeah. not a good thing. Uh, have you watched any of those? Uh, yeah, I watched like, clips. Yeah. I watched um, Cade hit a mid-range jumper. Yeah. And Jade up while making like uh, offensive rebounds and one, something like that. But um, yeah, not at all. Yeah. That, I mean, J-Dub looks good. We're, we're actually going to tackle that a little bit with the uh, six burning questions of the offseason. Also, just so you guys know, and maybe you'll like this, maybe you won't like it. I don't know. I'm not talking about the roster crunch. I'm just not going to do it. Yay! I am so done Enough. with talking about it. Uh, I'd rather come up with anything else, anything at all. To talk about now, we may Shall rep- we talk Nene now. Now let's talk about Nene Hilario's career. Um, no, I I just am, I think the the topic is tired. It's been the juice has been squeezed. If we go back, it's just a it's just an orange that has no juice. So the juice is all gone. Now we may talk about individual players, but I'm not going to talk about any anything related to who do you want to choose for the rest of the roster i just i'm just i'm done doing that so and we don't have like data fresh data points to to there's nothing else to like, discuss yeah there's yeah, absolutely we need to see those guys yeah there's on the court there's nothing new to discuss now we'll get some information from training camp which also may or may not be useful because yeah. players are going to talk the player, if you guys remember last year, the player that everybody talked about had a great summer. He's looking good. I even heard from people within the organization, like not high-level guys, lower-level people that were just just pumping up Trey Man, you know. And we were pumping up Trey Man, and everybody's just yeah. on the Trey Man train. Like this guy, maybe he should start over Dort. Maybe he's going to be this. He's going to be. Hey, and, they didn't try that. Maybe that was the hey, that was the key. Maybe that's maybe that's what we were waiting for. But it didn't. Yeah. It just didn't work out the way we thought. I actually was looking through old pictures on my phone, and I just if you search like on if you have an iPhone, you can just search. I just searched NBA just to see what would pop up, and like old tweets were popping up from mm-hmm. like way back in the day. And one tweet that popped up that I had screenshotted and probably sent to like the down to dunk group was about was from Royce talk one with one of the players during training camp talking about how the most improved player during the offseason was Josh Eustace and how good Josh Eustace looked. And yeah, you know, every year there's gonna be somebody like that that looks great during the summer or made some massive improvement. I mean, it was Isaiah Roby a few years Isaiah ago. Isaiah Roby, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so we'll get we'll get more information where somebody looks awesome, but also take that one with a grain of salt too. <laughs> yeah, um, Michele, weird story time. Okay, um, I'm into this. There is a player. There was a player. I don't know if he's ever playing basketball or well. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, his name is Adoya Miller, um, and he's a. He has the double passport thing, where he's both American and Italian, and yeah. that for minor leagues in Italy is very important because you can't play like a number of these guys, um, and they they get on top of the number of um, foreign player mm-hmm. that he, that you can that you so in like if you're looking in practice, he was never ever missing a tree, like yeah. just just a sniper, like I. 
there was this coach that again is an NBA coach uh, called Marco Crespi that at some point, like after the practicing, can you see that? Can you testify that you see that? I said, yes, of course, I'm seeing that. And um, uh. on some days, it was just atrocious. Like he wasn't like not even the same guy. Like like the face was different. Like looking different. He was so afraid of the of the game time. So it it happens that in training camp you are a person in preseason where you have no pressure. You are a person. Like in summer league, you, you can drop thirty, or in G League um, environment, you can drop forty. But then, when you know that is that time, things really change. Yeah. But for this guy, this Adoyo Miller guy was insane. <laughs> like hitting every jumper, no matter the defense. Like it was, it was insane. It is insane. And um, yeah, just just not a player on yeah. Sundays. Yeah. It it happens. And the offseason can be a little tricky. Uh, we yeah. do have a, a question here. I don't know if I can answer this very well, but he's paid $5 for this question, and so I feel like he needs to be able to <laughs> have this question aired out. Okay, Danny Reich Jr. Uh, I know this is a Thunder podcast, but do you have any thoughts on the collapse of the Pac-12 in relation to sports or th- or Thunder media deal? I mean, it's just the evolution of, college football it's weird um just seeing all the teams that are going to be a part of the big 12 and all the teams that are now in the sec i mean it's just it's just the new reality like everything is changing in college sports and so the pac-12 is gonna die and the big 12 obviously like that's the the conference that i'm most tied to i went to oklahoma state and so it's good to see the big 12 kind of bouncing back after losing Texas and OU, but I don't have a lot of deep thoughts. I I watch very little college football, mostly just because I'm just so locked into the NBA. So, but it's just a, it's just a weird time, and it's just the, the evolution, and we'll look back in 10 years, and, you know, it will feel normal then, but right now it just feels strange. Any thoughts? Any any Pac-12 thoughts? No, no. I, I again for me, it's enough to watch some yeah. NFL. Yeah, um, that's um, that's all I can do for football. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's. I have six burning questions for the Thunder offseason. Wow. Uh, the first one is Shea Gilgis Alexander. Is he the best player in this FIBA World Cup? The best. So this kind of comes from Tim Bontemps, who has been saying it on all sorts of ESPN platforms. And it sounds cool. Sounds really cool. I don't like Bontemps being supportive of the OKC Thunder for some it reason. Feels a little, it feels a little gnarly. I agree. Yeah, a little wrong. <laughs> so yes. the, the pool of players is not particularly impressive mm-hmm. <laughs> to choose from. I mean, you go through like Group A, Carl Towns, uh, Lester Quinones, who plays for the Warriors, um, Fontecchio is a, a part of the Italian team, Jordan Clarkson yeah. plays for the Philippines. Uh, yes, he's better than all yes. those guys. Yes. Um, group B, we have Kyle Anderson in China. Uh, That's weird. 
It is weird. I, I completely missed that happening. Yeah. Clarkson, I remember. Yes. Um, Kyle Anderson, no. Yeah, it's very recent, the Kyle Anderson. Yeah, okay. Uh, Serbia, we have Bogdanovic, Poku, who will not play because um, he's just not ready yet. Jovic and uh, Petrushev. Petrushev. With a Petrushev, she- who plays for yes. the Sixers. Uh, yes, better than all those guys. Group C is interesting. Giannis, who had to have his knee cleaned up, is probably mm-hmm. not going to play. So yeah. he, he would Are clear. Are we counting him or not? No. <laughs> he would okay. clearly be the best player. Okay. I mean, yeah, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. And then Thanasis is on the team too. But yeah. Now you get to the U.S. This is where things get interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paolo Moncaro, Mikael Bridges, Jalen Brunson, Ant Edwards, uh, Halliburton, Josh Hart, Ingram, Triple J, Cam Johnson, Walker Kessler, Bobby Portis, Austin Reeves. First of all, what the heck with these teams? <sighs> it's like, a weird team. Kessler man. and Portis? Yeah. Like, I would much rather have, like, Cade and, and, and Jadup just playing there instead of I these know, two guys. Just, just play without centers. I know. Like, why is Bobby Portis on this team? Yeah, I don't why really understand it. Why is Bobby Portis on this team? This like, feels, this feels like the team, the 2019 team, that got seventh place in the tournament. No, they will win more just because you. I mean, they're just in Tatum groups. on that team. Yes, but again, we are in Group C, and we didn't have yet a team that is true mildly they're, interesting. Yeah, they're playing Jordan, who is there's no NBA guys. New Zealand has no NBA guys. Greece is not yeah. going to have Giannis. If Greece had Giannis, it would be interesting. Yeah, but they don't. Yeah, I mean, they're going to get through Group C. But I'm just saying, like, the roster feels that way. Not that they're heading for seventh place, but, like, the roster's just like, man. Yeah. Like, how many All-NBA guys are on this team? Uh, From this year, none, I would say. Yeah. I mean, that's weird. That's a little weird. We just have zero All-NBA guys. Where, like, there's All-NBA guys on other teams, you know, if Giannis Like Canada. Like Canada. Group D, uh, Jonas Valanciunas and Tubeles. I don't know this guy. Azulas Tubeles. Do you know him? No. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. I don't know him. I know most of the NBA guys. I don't know that guy. Uh, Mexico does not have an NBA player on the roster. And then Vooch is playing for Montenegro. That's, that's also weird that Mexico doesn't have any NBA player. Yeah, it is a little weird. They, uh, Eduardo Nahara is one that comes to mind mm-hmm. that played for Mexico. Who else? Yeah, but in general, there is yeah. no tradition in Mexico having like NBA players, but their team is not terrible, or, or at least it used to be like a normal NBA, normal like nation who has good basketball principles and stuff like that. They have a league, like players go there to play. Not always, but sometimes. Um, it's just not know. very... Po- I mean, the, the sport is just not that popular yeah. in Mexico. Yeah, maybe so. Which is strange, um, just because it's so close to the U.S. Yeah. But, you know, like uh, Nahara, Jorge Gutierrez, Gustavo Ion, yeah. Juan Toscano-Anderson. Yeah. Horatio Yamas. Like, JTA is not playing for that team? I don't think so. That's he's not, weird. He's not listed. 
Um, yeah, that's a little weird. Then you get to Australia is like loaded with NBA yeah. guys. Yeah. Xavier Crook, Cooks, uh, Dyson Daniels, Dante Exum, who's back in the NBA. Welcome back, Dante Exum. Uh, Josh yeah. Giddy, Josh Green, Joe Ingles, Jacques Landell, Patty Mills, Matisse Tybel, and Jack White. Uh, that's that's a loaded. That's <laughs> a good team. That's a nasty team. Yeah, yeah they're going to. That's going to be really tough. This group is actually kind of tough. Yeah, yeah have, there are three teams that are actually good teams. Yeah, whereas like Group D, like you have Egypt, Mexico, like yeah, it's what pretty. The hell? Yeah, yeah, that's a rough. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas yeah. is going to eat in uh, yeah. in that group. Yeah, and then like Finland is in Group E with Markkanen. Who's going to be really good? Not better than Shea. No. Germany. He's got Schroeder. Who's going to be? I mean, he's a great international player. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Tice, Franz Wagner, and Mo Wagner. That that Germany team is going to be nasty as well. Like that's going to yeah, be and, one to watch. Yeah, and Germany has like good players all around Europe. So yeah. they, I mean, there are good players, even if not NBA players. So that team is going to be um, tough for Australia. Yeah. Um, Utah Finland, Watan- I don't know, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then Japan's got Yuta Watanabe, who is a fun player. Uh, Group F has Luka Doncic for Slovenia. Like, that's the player that... Yeah. Like, are you ready to say that Shea is better than Luka? Uh, individually, no. But to me, is a question worth asking. If you start your team today, who are you choosing? I, I really think that Shea offers you way more versatility in terms of how you build your team, whereas Luca needs a very specific kind of team. So uh, I think that Luca is better in terms of overall talent, is better in terms of like being able to be an offensive juggernaut by himself. Yeah. Um, but does it make does he make who is around him better? Like shaded last season, does he allow guys like I don't know Josh Green and guys like that being their best version? Um, I don't know that. Yeah. So I mean, you lost me. You lost me there at Josh Green being the <laughs> best version. I don't know that they. It's tough with that roster with what they have done because they have basically like traded out and lost guys, and it's just it's been whittled down. But why are why they did that? I I think there's a lot of incompetence going on in Dallas. Sure. Okay. Still, um, I mean, they 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 traded for Christian Wood. I mean, come on, man. Like what? Like what else? Because do you need to know? because Luca needs space. Christian, he needs Christian. I know Christian. It's space. Christian Wood, man. It's Christian. It's Christian Wood. I, it, I know. I know. I know. Is there okay, any okay, any okay. world where the Thunder would have ever? Ever, no. ever. Any competent organization would they okay. have ever traded for him, Fair. for the player? Fair. No. Can you tell me about the player that actually got better around Luca? I mean, Maxi Kleba has become like a very good player. Does he, is he that with everybody else? I'm not for sure. Was he there before? I think so. Yeah, he. I don't know that he was that good. Oh, yeah, it was, like, steady, hitting trees. It's just, like, a natural growing. It's not, like, exploding as a player. It's just basically the bad, like... Think about the Western Conference Finals run with him, though. Like, hit, like Dorian Finney-Smith 
like blossomed. Like that that team, they made the Western Conference Finals. Okay. I mean then that that would be my argument like for Luca is like he's he's already led a team he and Jalen Brunson who should still be the duo there is like yeah. Brunson is like clearly blossoming in this team USA you know mm-hmm. this team USA camp and is like labeled as like the leader I mean the Mavs blew it <laughs> they just they just absolutely blew it not pairing those two yeah but they made the West Finals. And I think Luca made the players around him better and accentuated what they had. And they just have fumbled the ball since then. Yeah, maybe maybe so. Um, but again, to me is Luca. Um, again, I think that um, the versatility thing is um, is something that I I believe in. Yeah, like you need to build a specific kind of team alongside yeah. Luca. I've been kind of thinking about this. I feel like the the Thunder are building a team full of Manu Ginobili's, like Manu Ginobili type of guys, yeah. with Shea and J Dub and Giddy. Like those guys, none of them are like, "Hey, I have to have the ball." And and Manu was never that way either, you know. But Manu could dominate, oh, yeah. and Manu could have had his own team. I mean, Denver was like well chronicled as a team that was like we would make Manu our guy. Like we would make him our yeah. like, you could have the whole team. And the Thunder are kind of taking that mold of player, like unselfish, but can kind of drive and get to where he wants and can shoot and do all these things. And obviously like those three guys don't exactly match, you know, his skill set to a T, but it's that kind of player that's mm-hmm. just like Manu could have played with anybody. Yeah. And I think you can say the same thing for SGA, for Giddy, and for J-Dub. Like, those three, I think they could play with any team. You could play them at multiple positions. You could see a world where, you know, Giddy plays the four for somebody. You know, you could see a world where Shea is, like, the off-ball guy instead of being the on-ball yeah. guy. I mean, there's just – and that's how Manu was. So, to me, it just, it's just interesting. I was just on a run this morning and just thinking about, like, this is, this is a very interesting squad – and Mano Ginobili is like a, a player that I think is a little bit forgotten with how great he was. Yeah. And this this team is kind of filling up with the Manu type players. And I just think it's a very interesting concept. I'm just so intrigued to watch him play. Watching a little bit of what J Dub did. I watched one of the scrimmages in entirety and then I've seen clips of others, but the way that J Dub is like physically maturing is like mm-hmm. holy smokes are those available yeah there are there's some guy that like videoed it on youtube basically like, just like his iphone or something okay you can watch the whole thing it's like 40 minutes yeah. long so i watched it in the airport yesterday um uh, he's i i am outrageously excited about him but let's go back to our question because we're going to talk about them here in a second uh okay Luca is really the only guy I think that's that I would say is better. But mm-hmm. is there a chance that Shea could pass him? Certainly, yes. And some of that could be that the Thunder, like the Mavs are up here right now, the Thunder are here. The Thunder could just jump the Mavs pretty easily mm-hmm. and then have that same success where in two years, the Thunder are the team that's getting to the West Finals and then the Mavs are having to trade Luca because Luca's fed up. Like that could happen. 
And then everybody's like, "Wow, man, SG is way better than Luca." Like, there's a world where that happens. I just don't think. Yeah. I think we're jumping the gun to get there yet. I think we're, if you if you're saying that now, you just no, want to be the first. You just want to be the first to say it. Like, we just haven't really yeah. actually seen it yet. Yeah, I agree. Um, Jamal Murray um, makes it for a fair competition, um, but to me, Shea is much better. There is a question. Um, from Chris Hestis on the chat. The better question is, is Shea the best player on Team Canada? And I guess he refers to Jamal Murray. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think Shea is better. I, I just don't think there's that much. I mean, Jamal has had, had he won the title. You know, he, yeah. he did the thing it that everybody great. wants to do, and he was very, very good. I just think Shea is a much better defender and, and just like a much more versatile offensive player. I mean, if Jamal Murray did not have Jokic... You know, I think things are a little bit different for for him and for yeah. obviously like how good are the Nuggets without Jokic and Murray being like their number one guy? Yeah, you know, I think that there would be a lot of a lot more questions about Murray, but I think that that pairing is just perfect. It's absolutely perfect, and he accentuates everything that Jokic does, and vice versa. And so we just saw like the. It, like the fully optimized version of Jamal Murray. And it was it was beautiful basketball. It was it was great. I think he's a very good player. I just think that Shea's more talented. Yeah, I agree. Uh but that that Canada team's loaded too. Yeah. Jamal, Jamal SGA, Shea. RJ Barrett, Dylan Brooks, Dort, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Kelly Olenek, Dwight Powell, O'Shea Bursett, Corey Joseph. I mean, that's a nice squad. They're going to be yeah. really tough. Where's Dort? Where's Dort rank in that in that group? Jamal, SGA are obviously at the top. I'd put RJ at three. Yeah. And then I think there's Dort. I would I wouldn't pick Dylan Brooks before Dort. Just because of the antics alone, I wouldn't pick him. <laughs> yeah, but but just like Dort is a better defender. Like maybe maybe Dylan is a little bit better as a shooter. Uh, but like the the decision making is just terrible. Yeah, so it's bad. I like yeah. Kelly Olynyk quite a bit. I think he's like he's gone under the radar a little bit as a helpful player just because he hasn't played for a team that's done anything in a while. Mm-hmm. But if Kelly Olynyk made it on to if he got back to Miami or something again, I think people would be a little surprised at how good of a player he is. Yeah, I think that Kelly would fit perfectly in OKC, to be honest. He would also fit perfectly in OKC if he's like the Thunder's backup center. Like, yeah, well, a supercharged version of Mike Muscala. Yeah, like. yeah, now we're talking. And he can he can pass better than Mike. Yeah, oh, quite a bit I think better. he can shoot as well as Mike. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he would be he would be great. I'd, I'd um, be in on that. I'd be yeah, in let's, on that. Let's bring him in. If the yeah. Thunder were ready to compete, like... I mean, obviously they're going to compete, but if they were ready to like try to make a run, I'd be pushing like, hey, they should push the button like two second rounders for Kelly Olenek, you know? Yeah. And there was a, a legit chance that in two years Jay Will is the same in the same ballpark as a player, could, like could a descending be. Kelly Olenek, and, a, and, and like it can he like he can pass. Um, oh yeah, he can the really shooting. Pass. The shooting we need to see. Yeah, um, and that was, I mean. Olenek was like a crazy good college player. Yeah. I mean, he was yeah. he was amazing. Uh, 
but yeah, that 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 Canada team is going to be tough. You know, Canada, mm-hmm. Australia, the U.S. Like those are the most loaded teams. And like France has like Nilakina, Batum, Fournier, Gobert. I just, I just hope that Canada steamrolls France. That would be a win for the world, I feel like. Yeah. Um, Being France, can I root against them loudly against them? <laughs> I think you can. Uh, and yeah. then Latvia, Porzingis, and our guy Davis Bertans. Man, the Thunder have a lot of representation in this tournament. Hey, like seven? Bertans. Yeah, I think that's right. Bertans, Dort, Shea. That's three. I'm not missing anybody else from those other teams. No. Uh, Garuba. Yeah. Four. four. Jack White and Josh Giddy. Jack White, Josh Giddy. Five, six. That's six. Um, and Poku. Well, Poku would have yeah, been. Poku. I think there's six. But that's yeah. that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Uh, all right. But I think he's probably the second best player in FIBA. And that's okay. That's that's very good. <laughs> that's yeah. very good. Just like the pool of players isn't just something insane. And yeah, and even if you put inside the best players, um, he can still be like top six, top seven in terms of like non-Americans. Yeah, uh, because you have sure. um, you have Embiid, uh, who is clearly better. Yeah, uh, you have Jokic. Yeah, who's again Embiid, clearly better. You Jokic, have Giannis. Giannis. Yeah. Um, and that's probably it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, okay. Burning question number two. Does J-Dub and Chet's participation in Team USA camp ensure, does it ensure that they're both in for like a, a bump? Do they get a bump, a Team USA bump heading into this next season? Well, um, you've seen more than I did, um, so you can tell me about like how pump and jacked they were about <laughs> being part uh, of that U.S. team, uh, U.S. select team. Um, I'm sure that like, like for Chad, I would say no. He was part of the U.S. Um, U.S. basketball sphere before he won with that jersey uh, against Juan Um yeah. So I guess that for him, maybe it's a no. Um, uh, for Jada, I, I think it meant something. And again, if I look at the roster, there is no way that, he, that it's out with, with some of the guys that are in. I mean, I would, let's do this. Uh, Bankero, okay. Michael Bridges, okay. Jalen Brunson, okay. Anthony Edwards, again, okay. Therese, yeah. Josh Hart, no. Uh, Brendan Ingram, <laughs> probably yes. JJJ, well, okay, you have you need to have at least one big man. Cameron Johnson. No. Just yeah. just, just just no. Walker Kessler. Hell no. Yeah, what's uh, going on? Bobby Portis. That's, that's a weird no. one to me. Uh, yeah. Austin Reeves. Uh, okay. Okay. But, but yeah, I mean, just get J-Dub in there. Yeah. yeah. I think... Especially if you pick Walker Kessler. Like, come on. Yeah, I maybe I'm maybe I'm going to be wrong, but and I th- Walker was very good. You know, he was a he was very good in his rookie season. Um, but yeah, I think so, so was J Dub. I think the hype is is gone a little bit insane. On, on and, and again, at FIBA level, um, you 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 have um, of like you have advantage in keeping like a big man there. So. Yeah. 
that is something where, you know, having a seven footer that can swat everything and clean every rim attempt that uh, is like rimming um, on the basket. Those are stuff that, you, that that count. And protecting the paint is something that counts. Um, but again, Bobby Portis? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't understand the Bobby Portis thing. I mean, nice player, but I I just frankly don't really get it. Yeah. He's loud. He's got he's got big eyes. I don't know. Maybe they're looking really, we're yeah. the biggest eyes in the in the world here. Yeah, I'm I'm out on that too. I don't understand. Chet, fine. Like if you don't want to include Chet, I I don't think that's I think that he's gotta bulk up a little bit because I do think his best position is just center. And before you just send him in, I don't even know if like he would want to be, I mean, he probably would definitely want to be there, but I don't know if that's something that he's quite ready for yet as far yeah. as, um, but I do think that he'll be a part of that program and will probably and likely will be playing for uh, team USA at some point in his career. Uh, I, th- I don't know what to expect with Chet going into the season. I think that they're, I think it's there's going to be some really high highs and some low lows with Chet mm-hmm. this season. Hmm. Just because I think physically there's going to be some challenges for him. Um, and then I also just think with the way that he wants, like he really does want to create his own offense. And you can see mm-hmm. that a lot. And I just don't know that he's ready to do that in the NBA either. And so, but I do think, his teammates are going to help him a ton. I think he's going to have a shoot a pretty high percentage from the field. Um, and I think that if if he can just fit in with the team and allow his teammates to just create for him, I think he's going to be awesome. But I do think that there's going to be like some self-creation questions that happen with him. And I just don't think that it's time to answer those even throughout year one. I think it's going to, that one is going to take time. And I think he can get there. Uh but I do think that there's going to be questions with, but with J Dub, holy smokes, man! Yeah, it's too high. I, I don't know if it is. Yeah, we need to, we need to be calm and judicious about where we go with this because, I mean, why? Of course, if I don't know, just to not get burned again, and then I have to answer. Burned from what? Uh, what am I getting just, burned from? I don't know from having too many hopes because if JW is, I mean, okay, last week or two weeks ago, I don't remember mm-hmm. when I said, like, what number of wins will get you excited? Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about this later. But uh, if if you think that JW is like born to have an exceptional season, I just don't see this team winning like less than 46, 47 games. Like, like if yeah. JW is what you have in mind now, which is borderline, I haven't even said, I haven't really even said anything. You, uh, I know you very well. <laughs> like, we are talking about borderline all star. I'm not saying all star, but say yeah, he's not making the all star team. No, I, but we are talking about like 16, 17 points per game on high level efficiency. Isn't that right? Isn't that what you have in mind? I mean, it's that's possible. Yeah, I think that's totally okay. possible. And if that is the case, then like this team will be like mind blowing. And and about Chet, um, I get I get why 
you you you're, you have concerns and and why you can say well okay there is a chance that with this cell only because Chet's defense has never ever wavered even in some league settings like you could you can see Ludort uh, who I love as a defender like taking turns off like taking possessions off and saying okay let's just, oh okay I missed that one um, even in his rookie season. He was great at times. He could have had, like, against Harden, he was perfect for an entire game. Like, Chet doesn't take possessions off. Never. Like, and he's always in the right spot. And I love him as a center. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so for Thomas Riddle, who was, was saying in the chat that my gate against center is getting uh, ridiculous, yes, I think that centers that are normal NBA players are just way less valuable than normal players at different positions. And you need to be extremely elite in order for me to think about putting a center on the court. And the proof of that is that if you place Kenrich Williams, who is uh, an average NBA player, I would say, as your center, you are much, much, much better off than having J. Will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Yeah, and they uh, were just like flat out, they were. Yeah. yeah. So this is my thinking. If you don't have a great center, then just don't play with the center. Yeah. So it's philosophical. Like if you have a beat, of course, of course you want him. Uh, yeah. If you have a center that, that accentuate what you do, like Brook Lopez, great, do it. If you have Jokic, of course, I would love to have Jokic. Like I, I, I can even say, okay, I, I want to have Domas on my team. So I'm not hating centers. I just need to have very, very, very special ones in order for me to to say, okay, he's yeah. worth 35 minutes. This is my take on center. That is why I don't love uh, Nasri slash Nene Lario because this is, <laughs> to me, even if Nasri has talent and he's an NBA player, to me, in my, on my team, he yeah. would probably be the third backup. Yeah, like, I- I, I am kind of with you on the Nas Reed thing, if only just because of the way that the Wolves are constructed. Like, yeah. And you spelled that out very well, I thought. And yeah, I, I, if you put Nas Reed out on the trade market, like, what is Nas getting you? A sec, like a couple of seconds, maybe. Yeah, maybe three seconds. I would not pay for that. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't Who's either. Who's paying for that? That's the thing, is that right now, and... I think this is pretty common knowledge. Like, there's a lot of centers that are available via trade, and yeah. teams don't want them. Yeah, and if they're traditional centers that can't, basically, if you like can't pass, mm-mm. yeah, like Nas is a fine teams offensive are out. player. But he's he's, he's like a he's nothing. like the he's like a Ennis Cantor six man center. Yeah, shooting trees, you know, like, and he's a he's a nice player. Very talented, very good player, but just like the reality of the direction the league is moving, he's not. He doesn't necessarily fit that mold of player. Yeah, I would I would put Nasrid in 80, 88 pick and rolls per game. Just just try me, yeah. try me. Yeah, I I don't disagree <laughs> with that sentiment. Um, while I don't think that he will be, I, I think that he'll get protected. And and maybe we'll be surprised. Maybe we'll be surprised. Um, 
but yeah, if you if you already have two centers that are supposed to be that are like being paid like franchise players, then you shouldn't invest more in players yeah. like that. Um, but Nasri's talented. I mean, he's on the select team, you know, for a reason. He's still relatively young. For a reason, sure. A reason, yes. He's still 23. Turns 24 in 20 days. Yeah. So and that's a good. That's a good calling card for being that young. Is quite proficient at what he does. Yeah, he's younger than what I think a, a lot of people think. But yeah, I mean, also you look at how much he played during the playoffs. I mean, it went down quite a bit. He's averaged 11 points, uh, four almost five boards, and an assist. In the regular season, in the playoffs, it was four points, two assists, or two rebounds, zero assists per game. Like, he just didn't play much in the playoffs. And that's where the value, I think, just goes down. It's like, what's the goal here? Like, if it's just to play, like, regular season games, like, yeah, heck yeah, give me Nas Reed all the time. If it's to win playoff games, like, Nas is not going to be that guy. (laughs) Like, Nas is not going to be the guy that's going to help deliver playoff games for you. Um, J Dub, do, do you know J Dub splits his post All Star splits? Uh, not uh, off the top of my on my head. Um, it's insane, but I guess it's like 18 18.6 points per game, five mm-hmm. rebounds, four assists, 54 yeah. 42 88 shooting splits, 64 <laughs> percent true shooting. That's only on twenty percent usage, yeah. Which is like is. average usage for a for a starter. Uh, I mean, if that is, I mean, we, we said it two years ago for Shea plus like, plus thirteen. Yeah, with him on the court. Yeah. Um, so for Shea, we said the same thing. Okay, okay, these are just cooked numbers. So there's no way that Shea is that kind of player. And boom. <laughs> I don't know. I go. don't. I don't think it's gonna be eighteen five and four. But if he's 16, five, like he could be like 16, 6, and 3. I think he will average assists just because he loves I mean, to. He, he had a rough driving. start to his season. He had a rough start. Just He had broke his face. Like, you know, just being a rookie, there was just some a rough start. 12 points, 4 boards, 3 assists per game, shooting 50, 32, 75. Like, still, that's like pretty good for a rookie. But yeah. he took it up. A, to a significantly better level in the second half yeah. of the season. And he looks so much stronger and so much more confident in his pull-up game and yeah. can just get to the hoop in ways that a lot of guys can't. I I have a, I do have some heightened expectations for him. Okay, we'll talk about this later. Yeah, but, the, yeah we can talk about it later. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Third burning question. Usman Garuba's comments to the Spanish media makes you think... They just got a pretty good chance of making this roster. Is that true? Um, I don't know, but <laughs> I and I don't know how burning is this, <laughs> this burning is? in your heart? <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, when we scouted Usman Garuba two and a half years ago, something yeah. like that, yeah, we said okay, he's a bulky player. He can hit corner trees, and he can probably play defense at a very good level. Yeah, uh, he he he's not in the best shape of his life. Let's put it this way: he got stronger probably, but also I think he weighs a little bit too much for being like a steady 
four man in the league. He can mm-hmm. he can switch all right. Um uh, but I wonder like how much he really can at that size. So I think that they're even if he loves OKC and there are very good reasons for, uh I I, I do believe that there were talks. Um I mean before wh- would you be surprised if they talked to every player that they acquired? <laughs> no, no, but I think I think that he could have been like a legit um choice at 18 had they not trading the pick it's, it's or, possible. or 16. It's possible. Um so suppose that they have two picks, uh, I don't I don't think it's crazy to say okay, the the picks are Trey Man and Usman Garuba. Um yeah. They they got a lot of value for Shingun and and that's it. Um, so I believe that part, I don't know if this roster has a clear cut need for a guy like Garuba. If he yeah. plays his cards very well, like he's in the Jack White, Garuba, Poku, JRE sweepstakes in terms of getting a roster spot. Yeah. Well, I mean, is he dead I, last? No. Is he front runner? Still no. Yeah. Well, we just don't know. We just have no clue. And it, it's, that's all TBD. You know, they got to yeah. get into camp. I have been saying for a while that I think Garuba's got a good chance, and I think that that's true, that he does have a good chance to make the roster. Um, well, he has another card to play. Like, if he's exceptional in this World Cup, yeah. that is that is something that I think front office will notice. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, he was, so. I think, 12th or 13th on Vassini's board heading into that draft, which is a pretty good yeah. draft. So yeah. I think that, yeah. I think he's got a chance, but I don't know. I don't know. The, the comments about them talking to him and being encouraging are like very unsurprising to me with regards to like the behavior of this Thunder front office. Like they, I think they value relationships with not just their own players, but just with players around the league. And they've shown that with like the way that they have treated players with it, like that they trade. You know, they have very good communication with players. That's not true of every franchise. And so I, the fact that the Thunder have good communication skills with players that they're traded for is like very unsurprising to me. Um, but it's cool. And I think that it didn't really change my mind about Garuba. I kind of, kind of felt this way since I acquired him. Um, okay. Burning question number four. Who is the most slept on player for the Thunder? So I, this Sportsman 405 sent me a little tweet um, I was about to go on the beach and I looked at my phone. I saw this little tweet come through from our guy, Sportsman405. And he said something about Jada being slept on. Obviously, I'm not sleeping on him. Um, no. But I honestly don't think Jada's being slept on at all. Um, I don't really think. I mean, obviously, Shay and Chet aren't being slept on at all. Maybe Giddy a little bit. Is there somebody that you're just like, oh my gosh, like this guy's being slept on as somebody that could really help the Thunder? Um. Well, I do think that Isaiah Joe this summer has been kind of forgotten in all this. Um, Definitely. Without a doubt, he has been. And he was probably the barometer of OKC season. If you look at the um, three-point percentage of Isaiah Joe and the correlation with winning uh, for OKC, that is pretty straightforward. <laughs> so when it was hot, like really hot, the team was just winning, winning and winning because efficiency, like it will get you there. Uh, you will lose some, 
by by scoring 130 and losing again like like they did uh, against the Hawks. Um, but you can also just hey, when you have that guy who who's sitting like threes at 45 percent, and and to me like next year Isaiah Joe will have less touches, but if it if, if it makes sense, better touches, and and I think that he will play. Uh, he will play quite a lot. Um, there is another question, so I'm not getting too much into this. But um, to me, Isaiah Joe is, I, I don't, I'm not sure if he's slept on, but it's not just discussed as a key player in, in, in that rotation. And it may change. But again, to me, he's just, he needs to get minutes and he needs to be um, a rotation player. Uh, firm, firmly in the rotation more more than others. Like I get that Wiggins is a better all around player, um, but I just think that Isaiah Joe is more conducive to winning basketball games if he should if he's shooting like 44 percent like he did last season. Yeah, I I wonder if he just is a player that needs a smaller role, like just like just like a fifteen to twenty minute night kind of guy, you sure, and not like a twenty six to thirty a minute night. 30 minutes, oh my gosh, I can't talk. I'm out of practice here. 30 minutes a night. I just don't know if he's somebody that needs that. And I think this roster is going to give him that kind of role. I think they really needed him down the stretch of the season. And I think that teams started to figure out, okay, like we got to close out to this guy. Uh, We really don't have much of a choice. And the numbers kind of bear that out a little bit. Pre All Star break, mm-hmm. fifteen minutes per game, and he or fifteen, yeah, 15, in fifteen minutes he shot forty five percent from three. In the second half, in twenty four games, twenty six minutes per game, thirty four percent from three, yeah, and forty percent from the field. Like that, those numbers, forty percent from the field, thirty four percent from three, those aren't good enough to, no. p- to play big minutes. No, you if he's going to play, he has to be. He didn't have to shoot forty. Five percent from three, but he kind he, of has to. Like he has he needs, to be like Seth Curry, like 42, 43, 44. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that he to provide like like certain value. Yes, but even if he's just forty percent and not thirty five, then it's. I think I think he's going to be treated as a shooter, which I think is where the the true value is for him. Yeah, but I also By the way, just think he's God is so right in the chat. If anyone on this team is slept on, is Bertans. Yeah, I, I I completely forgot him. People are dead <laughs> asleep on Bertans. I I yeah. actually don't disagree with that. Yeah. I think a lot of people are dismissing him. Some people are even thinking that he could be cut. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I I do think that he's gonna play some. Now is he gonna play a big role? No. He's gonna play like fifty games. He'll play fifty games, and he'll. He'll help. I mean, there's going to be some times where he and Isaiah Joe are out there for mm-hmm. the Thunder, and they have this like all bomber lineup. Like that's like book that as something that is going to be like a novelty item that's going to happen within this mm-hmm. Thunder season. Uh, I think that is going to happen. Do I necessarily think people are sleeping on him? Like he's a bit player. He's a role player. Like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, I mean, I think people are always ready and willing to dismiss Lou Dort. <laughs> so yay. So maybe like he's the guy that people no, are but, sleeping but, on a little bit. Maybe even Case and Wallace a little bit just because he was not great on the back end of Summer League. Yeah. So 
but for Ludort, like nobody's really discussing stuff that are not real or uh, just, I mean, the numbers are bad, like straight up bad. Yeah, I hear offensively. you. Offensively. And to some degree, if you have the nicest offense in the world, you, you, you can allow a low volume, low efficiency player who gives you so much in a ton of different areas. Yeah. But it has to be low volume and low efficiency. I mean, if Ludort comes up and he takes three corner trees a game, one other three, a couple of layups, and he's still inefficient, and he takes six, seven shots, I think that an offense can sustain because he's so great on defense. He's so disruptive. And there are games when he starts hitting and he knows that he can get a little bit more, and, and, and he gives that. But it has to be like, hey, I'm hot. Just give me for this game. But the next game I'll behave mm -hmm. um, because the like the rim attempts are just killers. It's bad. It's like, like it's killers, it's, killers, killers. It's, it's really so inefficient. Yeah. That if if even if I believe that he saves you ten possessions a game by being there defensively, he lo on some nights he loses you way more than that. Yeah. With his inefficiency and 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 just can't allow it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not saying get rid of Dort. I'm just saying at some point the inefficiency is something that you need to to limit somehow. And if you and if you can't, you just you just limit the amount of minutes. Yeah, I think that's not totally unfair. Um, Thank his, you. His post All Star break numbers are really rough, and I yeah. and you wonder. He just exerts so much energy, and I, I'm you kind of maybe hope that he can learn to pace himself a little better. Mm -hmm. But in 32 minutes, in 24 games, post All Star break, 13, five and one, shooting 34, 28, 80. That's that's not NBA player there. Yeah, that's pretty rough. 47 percent true shooting. Offensive rating of 105 when he's on the floor. Yeah, which and is, defensive which is, rating of one eighteen. Yeah, like to that's me, just not like, that's just not good enough. The thirty two minutes is something that next year, even if he starts, which I think he will, definitely, um, definitely. Why? Why are you like to me like 24, 22, 23. Like OKC has a ton of guards and a ton of options, so you play in 22, 23 minutes. He's still a key contributor. He, you can use him situationally like more to shadow the opponent's uh, best player, but you can kind of limit the energy that he spends for the entire season, and you can maximize that window of, of time for him where he is focused on defense, he takes his chances in offense, and that will be like just a different way to use him. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you remember like game one and game two of the playing, you say, well, but there is also that version of Dort. Yeah, I, I would never, I, I'm a huge Dort believer. I, I think that he, and he's also a young player that can still get better. You mm -hmm. know, he turned 24 in April. He still has some runway left. Now, does he have like crazy upside still? Like probably not. I think once you get to 24, 
you kind of figure out who you are. Can he become a better shooter? That will be the the biggest question. I think he's going to be in the NBA for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I also think that he's got, if he wants to remain a starter, he's got to start hitting threes with consistency. Because they're like there became a, a point where, like a guy like Jay Crowder became was a player that had this trajectory where he just kind of came out of nowhere, similar to mm-hmm. Dort. He was a second-round pick, became a starting-level player, and started for those Boston Celtics teams as they were kind of on their way up. But then was kind of passed around a little bit, labeled as like some starter, but could not be efficient enough, and then became kind of like this like role player off the bench for teams. Mm-hmm. Like that could be Dort's trajectory, not necessarily that he gets traded, but that maybe he becomes a bench player for the Thunder at some point if he can't be more efficient. But if he can be an efficient corner three-point shooter, limit his usage a little bit more, cut out the wild drives, figure out when to drive. I think it's more of like a feel, like timing thing than it mm-hmm. is like he can't do it. Um, Because the truth is like NBA defenses are just really, really good. <laughs> and, yeah. and especially if you aren't elite at getting to your spots, they're going to find you. And they're going to make it really difficult on you. Like, unless yeah. you're at, like, the level of, like, Shea or J-Dub or guys like that that just know just intrinsically in their just brains. Like, they were built to find these weird angles and to get to spots on the court that others can't. Dort's not that. Does that mean that Dort no. can't be a good NBA player? No, it doesn't. I think that he's got to just work on decision-making. And I think that adding Chet, adding Casey Wallace adding Micic, you're adding all these decision makers to the team. Like it's, there's a pattern with who ends up on this Thunder team and it's all about decision making. And I yeah. think that Dort, he's like, it's survive in advance. I think that he's got a firm like stranglehold on the starting spot for this season. Is that true for the next three years? I think that that is less certain. But I do think that he gets slept on to a degree just because I, I think that what he provides is just a guy who he is just firmly in the game. He doesn't get slept on just, just He's firmly in the game. Because I, 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 I lose my sleep thinking about <laughs> that. No worries. Sure that he's not slept on. Uh, okay. Uh, we have two more burning questions. Uh, before we do those, let's take a quick break. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back after that quick break. Uh, McKellie, burning question number five. Who plays more this season? Vasily, uh, first of all, t- tell me how you say his last name. How are you saying his last name? I, I think I flip-flop between uh, Mitsich and Misich with the uh, list. Yeah. Mitsich. Yeah. Okay. Vasily Mitsich. Okay. Okay. Uh, Vasily Mitsich or Isaiah Joe? Who plays more? This kind of ties into a little bit 
on the slept on Isaiah Joe player. Yeah, I think that, but you were right with Isaiah. I think that um, the best way to utilize him is just as a bench player that can come in and play 16, 18 minutes. Whereas I think if you tell me total minutes played, I would, I, maybe I could, I can get to Isaiah Joe, but if I think about the average of well, like when he plays, I think that uh, Mitzic has an edge there. I think he's a uh, 22, 23, 24 minutes kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what to expect here. Um, I think uh, Mitzic is probably the guy that's going to play more. Yeah. I just think that you can, he's a little bit more versatile. He's a little bit closer to the type of player that I think they want to have out there, uh, especially like at the end of games. I just think that having more decision makers, more guys that could put pressure on the rim that can. And who sits if Mitzich is there at the end of games? Andrew, you? Uh, probably Chet. Oh, I see that. Okay. Very, very convenient and smart. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he could definitely replace Dort in certain lineups. But if they're playing against, like, the Suns, let's say they matched up against Phoenix in round one, yeah. like, Dort's going to play 40 minutes a night. Like, just... I... Like, if you, if you say uh, a different team, I would say yes. With Phoenix, I think that Dort is terrible against books, Book and, and, and Rent. Maybe against... Um, you think he's terrible against book? Yeah, he's terrible against tall shooters. He's but Booker's more, not that tall. Yeah, he's taller than him, like three inches taller. I don't he know. he just he used to cook him, like against Dame, against Harden, against like physical guys, uh, against guys that are not really good at creating separation. Books just elevates. You, but you but oh, so who do you who are you gonna put on him? I don't know. I'm. I'm. Just I just. I just that know that Mark will. If if that was the series, I mean, they would put Dort on him. Like I just don't even have any. Questions. I don't know. I, I really don't know. He's not effective. Check the numbers. I, I'm not. I don't. Dis, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying if there was a playoff series, if it started today, the playoff started. I would, I would started put J Sure. I would put J Dub. Like. I you. mean, I would give him some chances, but I can just tell you that. If if you were to ask like who does Mark trust to guard the best player on the opposing team, like who would you say that it is? I agree, but Book and Dort is not a good coupling. I think that you would be more um, in a better shape if you have a guy like J Dub, because Book is not a guy that is bothered by a certain kind of defense. Yeah, I think that with with Booker you really okay. need to just have size and hands like for example i don't think that, that dort is a great defender for shea shea is not bothered by pesky defender he's bothered by length quite a lot so if you have yeah. harp jones that is a good player to put against book as well if you have a guy like dort i don't know he's awesome against certain players like players that are not really good at creating separation um with with uh, and, and like elevation like with against Kawhi was sensational yeah because Kawhi this version of Kawhi takes it a little bit longer to just mm -hmm. race for the jumper and Dort mm -hmm. is there with book no but in general yes I understand and I, I mean the truth the truth is like who's really bothering Devin Booker is like there's not many people I mean no you look at his 
what he did in the playoffs in 11 games. 33.7 points per game. 4.8 rebounds. 7 assists. His shooting splits? Just like, make sure you're sitting down. 58, 50, 86. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, I was really, really, really high on Booker, but never, ever in like I, I was really high for the thunder who says okay we we have he could be our, at, he could be isaiah joe <laughs> yes i thought he could be a very very good shooter yeah I, I told this story many times because i saw him taking a tree like getting the ball with the back at the basket and, and in one motion he was just flipping his body and hitting that oh that 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 thing is unbelievable but never, ever, ever in my like in my head it was this superstar who uh, like he was just again he, that he's part. Unreal. Uh, he's unreal, man. He's so good. I just I don't know that 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 really anybody has like who's got the guy that's going to bother him. I think the Herb Jones can. I think that um, Marcus Smart can. Um, What's the key? What's the maybe, biggest maybe difference? Prime Kawhi can. I mean, Prime Kawhi. Maybe Giannis can. Yeah, maybe. I don't know about Marcus Smart. What's, what are the biggest differences in Marcus Smart and Dort's defense to you? Because the size isn't that. Marcus different. Smart is just, is just nastier. You think he, so? I, I think don't he, know, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, like he, yeah, yeah. He's he's um, I think Marcus Smart is just thinker of defense at a higher level than Ludort. He knows he he's he has more experience. He knows what to do against basically everybody. Yeah. I, I don't know if he has every game of that now. He's uh, in a different part of his career, but like uh, he's more into the Iggy kind of defenders where like Iggy could just be so so disturbing for Kevin Durant. I like Iguodala can't stop giving Durant, but he can get into his grill and do just a tiny little better than most of the guys out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's also just like willing to be a little bit more dirty than Dort is. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Last burning question. What did you did you say? What did you say? Mitzich. Mitzich. Yes. Okay. Average Mitzich total minutes probably is Ejo. I think the Mitzich plays 60 games, 65 games. Yeah. And so maybe. Yeah. I think that's probably right. I, I'm i interested to see what he looks like on the court. He's either being way overrated or way underrated by people within the fan base. <laughs> I, I, can, I don't know if he's overrated or underrated. I think that the swing um, skills skill for him will be his ability to adapt to an off-ball uh, role, yeah. an active off-ball role, mm-hmm. which is a big question for me. And in, yeah. in a second, uh, how good of a positional defender he can be, because in terms of being like a great defender, like nobody is buying that. But yeah. uh, can he be serviceable there? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, okay, last one, and then we kind of came up with this uh, in just a conversation, which is how a lot of great ideas are formed for this podcast. But what if, just join me, this was, was it like February? Mm-hmm. Um, what would have happened to this Thunder team had, one, Kenrich Williams not gotten hurt, two, 
Shay doesn't get COVID. Remember that? Remember Shay got COVID mm-hmm. and Kendrick got hurt in like the same week. And it felt like the Thunder could have pivoted toward tanking if they wanted to. It felt like the opportunity was there for that. And it was just a just a terrible week of luck for the Thunder. And it caused mm-hmm. them to lose some games. Uh, and they traded Mike, which yeah. I think definitely especially down the stretch of that Thunder season, like things got pretty choppy down the end of the season for OKC. Yeah. And had those events not happened, I just wonder what their win total would have been. And I know that Sam Presti believes that like they st- probably stole some wins, you know, for this upcoming season, last season. But I also just wonder with just that bad luck stretch, if maybe they left some wins on the table, too, just because of that. And that happens with every team. And so it's, like, hard to say, like, oh, like, every team has, yeah. like, something bad that happens to them during a stretch of time. But, I mean, you look at from their 73rd, like, the last 10 games of the season where it was, like, Clippers, mm-hmm. Clippers, Lakers, Blazers. And then they had this stretch that was Blazers, Hornets, Pistons, Pacers. And it was just like, oh, like they got to win all of those. They won yeah. half of those. They lost to the Hornets at home. Remember that? Crazy. That was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> that was so, that so was bad. So terrible. I was at that game. It was the PJ Washington 43-6-5 game. Just unbelievable. And the Thunder, this is when atrocious. they were missing Shea. So it was Giddy, J Dub, Dort, Isaiah Joe, J Will was the starting lineup. Joe had 33 points in that game. J Dub had 33, three and four with four steals. And they almost just mm-hmm. got like nothing off the bench. They had Trey and JRE coming off the bench playing big minutes and they just weren't very productive. Jang played 12 minutes in that game. Wiggins played 12 minutes, did nothing. Poku played nine minutes. It's like one of Poku's first games back, just couldn't do anything. That was that was just really, yeah. that was just such a bad loss. And then they go on, and so they have Pacers, Suns, Warriors, next three, lose, lose, lose. I remember the at the Pacers game was brutal too. They lost by four. Yeah, they, they couldn't they couldn't buy a three. It was on a Friday to save night. Their lives. Yeah, I remember that. And they, they had a chance to yeah. win that game down the stretch. And Shea came back. Shea was back in that game and it was phenomenal. 39, yeah. 9, and 4 and lost. Anyways, they lose all these games down the stretch. And you just wonder, okay, what if they didn't lose all those games? So February twenty third through March 1st, they didn't win a game. They lose at Utah, at Phoenix. They lost to the Kings at home. Twice they lost to the Kings at home on the 26th and the 28th. And they lost to the Lakers uh, at home as well. They like this like three-game homestand where it's like, just get one. Like, just get one of those games. You know what? If they had Shea and they had Mike and they had Kenrich, just like, could they have won 45? Four games, forty-three games. Not that that makes a huge yeah. difference, you know, in like the grand scheme of things. But there's, I mean, they were there on the razor's edge of what could have been done. And I, let's see if they would have won forty. I mean, the Warriors and the Clippers 
who are five and six, won forty four games. Yeah. If they would have won forty four games, it took forty five um, games to get home court advantage last season. Forty five. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, to me, forty-three was in the. I mean, the, the Mike Muscala thing. I, I get that in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, um, you get you two. This, you get two seconds for a guy who goes on and doesn't play <laughs> for the team exactly. that traded for him. It's a great deal. That's a fantastic. It's a great deal. deal. And on top, uh, even if at the time, I was really pissed um, because I think Mike is just a player that can accentuate whatever Shea does. Um, but we got to see a version of Jay Will that was there yeah. and was impossible to get to uh, with Mike there. Yeah. So I get it. Um, in, in some sense, I mean, just keep Mike and, and just don't do the charge deal. <laughs> I mean, just just with just star J will. It's it's probably the same. And you don't. I mean, the charge thing was uh was another stuff that that is not necessary. Just keep Mike three seconds. I mean that that is that is the deal. Um, I don't know. As, yeah, three I mean you're just adding. I mean you're adding to your treasure trove. Like that's you know that's why yeah, you do it. Yeah, yeah. You know that's but, why you get the charge it's, deal. It's probably it's fine. I think the two three games. It's what you even if you you have the Kenrich stuff. Um, yeah, and the truth is, like every team deals with like sure. injury luck and like misfortune at times. I mean, Presti talked about it. The sky falls, you know, twice or three times or five times every season for every team. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. how do you how do you handle that? So like we can go back. We can also go back and say, like, let's take away that Dallas win. You know, like that shouldn't have oh, been yeah. a win. For the thunder you know you can go sure. back and quibble and like the truth is they probably end up somewhere around 40 to 43 or 38 to 43 wins if you re-simulate the season yeah. over and over again like they're in that range no matter sure. what um, but but let me let me read you stuff from last season mm-hmm. um i opened like that stretch of games um at the end of the of the season yeah Aaron Wiggins, 24 minutes. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, 19 minutes. Lindy Waters, the third, 16 minutes. Three men, 14 minutes. Against the Hornets, you have JRE, 26 minutes. Three men, 17 minutes. Usman Jang, 12. Aaron Wiggins, 12. Poku and Jerry Butler, charge. Light charge. Game. Yeah. Um, against, let me see, the Pacers. Um, Aaron Wiggins, 27 minutes. Isaiah Joe, 24. That is a good uh, good thing. And then you have 17 minutes of Lindy, 10 minutes of Poku, Jang. What I'm trying to say here, uh, and, and on top you have 36 minutes of Lou Dort, uh, 15 minutes of uh, Jay Will. What I'm trying to say here is that next year, a lot of the fringe rotation kind of guys will be much better than what they were. And, and you have a better version of JDub, as we said. You have most likely quite a better version of Josh Giddy. And you have Chet Holmgren. And you have Chet. So, and you're adding Mitzich and you're adding Kaysen Wallace. And I mean, you're just adding a lot of talent to the team. That, and and you're just adding a better. Well, it takes, takes three years. Suppose this Mitzich is nothing. Yeah, it's possible. You yeah. still have. You still have. Like a different roster yeah. and a better one. Yeah. So if you bank on, or if you really believe, but banking is it's a strong word here, 
that J that uh, J Dub is born for a different season. I just can't see this team like being like just two three wins better than last year. And there are still discussion that wow the West got better. No, the the West is basically the same. Yeah, it's about the with same. with probably one very good player going east and a team that acquired a few players that will be marginally better than what they were in Houston that they were yeah. last year, and it will yeah, be yeah. a mess. Yeah. So I don't really understand this. Um, yeah, who who like is going to be markedly better than last year? Like what, I don't have an answer. Like what team in the West? Like Memphis yeah, is going to be worse. May, yeah, maybe the Warriors? Memphis won 51 games last year. They're not winning 51 games this year. I think the Sacramento will be better. That's kind of that's because you think they're winning more because, than forty-eight. No, I, but I think that they are better than last year. I'm not. I'm not sure they will win forty-eight. Yeah, but they will be better because they know each other. Your continuity. Um, yeah, and Keeks Keeks is going to be better. Yeah, uh, he's ready for a different role. So yeah, in the same way, I'm pumping up. Okay, see, I I think they they banked on continuity and. They didn't cheat last year. They were actually playing good basketball. Yeah. Minnesota um, could be better. They could win more than 42 games. They could win like 45 games. Yeah, they can. You know, I, don't I mean, that, but they you can. Know, I don't know what Phoenix is going to look like. The Golden State. Yeah, you can say that Phoenix um, is, is better. Um, those three being healthy the entire year. Well, what about the, the rotations? Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. Yeah, in Port, like, I don't know. I think I think it's also just like looking at the landscape. I think it's more likely that we just don't get that Utah pick too, you know? Mm-hmm. I think Utah, if I'm Utah, like I just lean into the guys you just took, Yante George and whoever else and well, Kessler and those guys and, you know, let them do their thing, marketing, you know, that's, that's the direction I lean. And then if you're the thunder, I think you'd rather not have all the picks be in this next draft <laughs> anyways. Yeah. So I think that will work out just fine for, for both teams. And, you know, Utah gets another like seventh or eighth or ninth pick, you know, whatever. Uh, okay. All right. That's enough. That's that's a lot. That's a lot of podcasts right there. Hour of seventeen. No, I miss you. So it's nice know, to have a long podcast. It was good. It was very good. Uh, I actually have a special podcast coming to you guys this week. Um, wow! So tune in for that at some point. Either it'll drop either tomorrow or Tuesday. I'm not sure when I'm going to drop that yet. Uh, it just depends on how things go. But uh, we'll have an extra pod for you this week so tune in for that uh hope you guys have a great rest of your day and we will talk to you guys again on wednesday